to the doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's season four, episode seven, chapter 64, The Ice Storm. Archie's plan to host a peaceful Thanksgiving dinner at the community center quickly gets derailed when some unexpected guests arrive. Happy Thanksgiving! (laughs) This is a Thanksgiving episode. We're releasing this the week of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our Thanksgiving celebrating people. You know what I'm not thankful for? Riverdale. Riverdale. (laughs) So this feels very fillery with the exception of the Jughead storyline. Except it feels dumb. Yeah, it feels dumb. It feels dumb. This feels like, again, This, if you listen to her doghouse drive through episode, we said that this felt like filler. Like, this is this is episode seven. This is the first one I've said this is just filler. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't okay. know how to feel about this episode in any form or fashion. All right, we'll recap that recap. Hiram's out of jail and running for mayor. Veronica has a new sibling. Jughead's making accusations. Chipping jumped out a window. Cheryl has relatives visiting. Tony bludgeoned a dude and Dodger got the shit beat out of him. Cool. So we start the episode with this weird, like, vintage flashback footage of Thanksgiving time, which I hate. I wish they would have, like, faked video or photos of the kids being young, because that's that would have been interesting. Oh, and then we did vintage footage of a football game, which is actually a contemporary football game. Yeah, it's just weird. That was dumb. We get to see the sign that says Riverdale Town with Pep. But the problem is, when we first saw that sign... It was by Sweetwater River in episode one, season one. So that's the first time we've seen it since. And it's like in the middle of town. (laughs) Fuck off, people. We see Mary and Archie at Fred's grave. You know, like this year has been all about what he's lost. It was his first Thanksgiving without his father. Hiram is mayor. Woo. (laughs) And (laughs) Dodger has a crime clan. The The Dickinson crime clan. He's in the hospital. He's in a coma. And we see Darla is back. So it's Darla Dickinson. Love that alliterative name. And she is standing over Dodger with two goons, I guess. Like One guy looks like he worked with Dodger. I don't know who the other guy is. They're never named in the show, so we don't know. They're like, oh, I bet it's that guy from the community center. What community center? What the hell are you talking about? Darla Dickinson and her son, Dodger Dickinson. Yep. And we saw them previously when the Shady Man went missing. So, Uh yeah. So I do love pulling that back. Maybe we'll find out more about the Shady Man since, you know, that murder is now on the radar of Riverdale and supposedly the FBI. Oh, fun. Yeah. Apparently there's an epic ice storm coming and the temperatures are dropping. How convenient. Oh, yes. We go to the Pembroke and Hiram is giving... Veronica Hassel because she wasn't there this morning for his inauguration. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. And he says, you can make it up to me tomorrow at Sweetwater Country Club. Veronica says, nope, I'm going to the community center. And Hiram's like, wasn't a man found bleeding out on the verge of death right in front of it? It's a terrible part of town. It's a real problem. Make sure you wish Archie a happy Thanksgiving for me. Fuck off, Hiram. You're such a dick. Uh... I hate you. Cut over to the El Royale gym. Kids are boxing. Archie and Monroe are like, all right, everybody come in. We're going to have Thanksgiving tomorrow. We're going to we're gonna host it here. We're going to cook. We got uh, hot meals. Hot meals. All the fixings. Kids are like, y'all are cooking? Yeah. And my mom. And then Monroe's like, and my grandma. And tell your friends it's an open door policy. Everyone's invited. It's like, this is this is sweet. This is exactly what Archie says he's going to be doing. This is, this is great. This is good things. We cut it over to Stonewall. And Mr. DuPont is there teaching. He's just like, okay, we're done. Hope y'all have fun for Thanksgiving. 
And Jughead's got to poke the bear. I was wondering if you had any information about why Mr. Chipping killed himself. And DuPont is just very quick. Alcoholism drove him to the edge. Rupert had demons. Yeah, that's it. And Jughead's like, well, he didn't leave a note. And there hasn't been an investigation. DuPont says it's a family's request. And it was clearly a suicide. You saw it with your own eyes. You are such a bad liar. (laughs) And so Jughead's like, did Mr. Chipping come to talk about me to you? No. Why would he have? Well, because I shared with... That's a ridiculous notion. He never brought it up. Jughead never finishes his thought. And DuPont automatically assumes or knows that Jughead's going to bring up this thing about his grandfather. He's very quick to dismiss him. Well, yeah. It's a, it's suspicious. No shit. Everything about this dude is suspicious. I mean... <laughs> well, it's just more pointing to the cover-up. It's more like, yes, clearly this is a cover-up. Oh, there's no denying that. DuPont says, forget about this delusion over Thanksgiving break. Bye. So Jughead's in his dorm area hallway, and he's on a payphone. It's the hallway payphone. He has a fucking cell phone in his pocket that he later complains he can't order Chinese food on. He doesn't want anyone tracing his calls. No, that's ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) He should have been standing by the payphone on his actual phone. Because I get the image that they're trying to evoke, but come on. Oh, just let him evoke the image. No. No! So he's on the phone with Betty. It's like, hey, get over here before the storm comes in. Betty's like, yeah, I'm already on my way. And he says, yeah, you and I are going to be the only people here so we can investigate Chipping's death. But he's like, oh, conspiracy theories and a murder mystery to solve? Sounds like a romantic getaway to me. And Jack is like, all right, I love you. See you later. And as we pull out, we can see that Brett has overheard this entire conversation. So Brett's being creepy again. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Cut over to Thistlewood. Did you hear the good news, TT? There's a category four ice storm towards Riverdale, like a wrath of God. How's that good news, Cheryl? (laughs) TT is not here for this. Also, stop calling her TT. It's gross and I don't like it. And it's (laughs) just wrong. It's just wrong. And Cheryl is happy because that means that the... The river will freeze over and they can dump Bedford's body in there. And when the spring thaw comes around, the salmon will have gobbled up his eyes. Uh-huh. And yet, this is what we're thankful for. So Tony murdered a dude in self-defense. Tony is nervous. She feels like somebody's always watching her. And Cheryl's like, whatever guilt you're experiencing, free yourself of it. You didn't set out to do anyone harm. Remember, you were defending me and I love you for it. This is so fucked up. They could have so easily called the police. It would have been so easy and believable. I know I pointed out that if the police came, they would have searched the whole house. They would have found Jason. But if you're telling me there's not like a secret hiding spot that's locked away where they could put Jason, fuck you. <laughs> Just no. This is the first time this season that I felt like I actually understood where they were going with Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And what's disappointing is all of the bullshit that we had to go through to get to this, if we'd have played it differently and not put her through a giant pile of trauma this would actually be fun it'd be dark don't get me wrong but it would be in the blossom vein Mm -hmm. this sort of gothic twisted darkness of the blossom family i'd be okay with that if you got rid of jason's body Mm -hmm. and all of the trauma this whole thing would be fun Mm -hmm. and in the jump the shark vein because at this point I'm okay with having Cheryl be the one that's consistently wild and out there. Mm-hmm. The problem, and we we kind of mentioned this to each other, 
is that because of all of that really awful stuff that happened to her, we can't tell what's a joke and what's not. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it is so hard to watch and enjoy because we're constantly asking ourselves, is this entertaining and fun or is this really fucking sad and depressing? I feel like they needed to give us more humor and more like self com We needed that writer to put in some lines for Cheryl and Tony in these scenes. The ones that are a little more self-referential on the situation to at one add levity and also to let us know that this is a joke. Like this is not real for them. This is a scheme. This is a Scooby-Doo scheme. Yeah. Like that's what we needed to know in this scene before we get into anything else. Next, we go to El Royale Gym, and there is literally food everywhere. Veronica has put in a to-go order at the country club. Her daddy gave her the idea. I adore Veronica's pettiness. I I appreciate it here. She's like, I figured this could supplement whatever you and yours are cooking for the kids. This is pretty good. And it's it's pretty good. Like, this is like, I'm going to charge the credit card to daddy. (laughs) Like, I'm going (laughs) to piss them off. I'm like... Yeah, this is this is a Veronica play. I'm, I'm okay with this one. Monroe goes over to this big fryer. He's like, please tell me this doesn't mean you're deep frying a turkey. And she's like, yeah, it's a tradition. My dad did one every year. Oh, don't be wrong. Monroe is fucking excited about a deep fried turkey. He is, but he's like, really? You're going to do this? All right. And in walks FP, and he's this best damn turkey I ever tasted. And this is where I have a note. Do you want me to complain about Archie's hair again? I mean... Yeah. Okay, Archie got a haircut. And some of it is the lighting in this episode, but the back of his head looks a lot darker than the top of his hair. And that's just hair, but there's a couple of frames where it almost looks like the back of his head is black, which is his natural hair color, and the top is red. There's just a couple frames. It was like, really? And then as I kept watching this episode, it was like, okay, it's just the lighting. It's okay. But it does look that way. And I don't trust them with his hair anymore. I am on hair watch from now until the end of time. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. This is a new feature of our show. It's a new segment. It's just here. It's it's not going away. I can't. I just can't. I'm sorry. So yeah, FP's there. Archie says, yeah, you'll have to come by tomorrow and and taste it. And FP's like, well, actually, that's what I'm here about. I'm here under orders to shut you down. Archie's like, okay, let me guess who from. Hiram, you've got to be kidding me. He can't do this. If he's like, yeah, actually, he's mayor now. He can do anything. And technically, the attack on Dodger is an open investigation. So this is still an active crime scene. Plus, Hiram said with the ice door coming, Veronica finishes the sentence. Says He's just doing this to punish me to get me to spend the holiday with him. And Archie wants to push back. And if he's just like, look, I did for a couple hours. And as he, he starts walking out, and he says, look, I'm not supposed to say anything. But I know what I would do if this was my place. Screw him. <laughs> to love FP's face when he says this. Screw him. Uh-huh. And Archie's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but Hiram Lodge is not canceling Thanksgiving. And FP's just like, good man, you're doing your dad proud. And he walks out. We're getting the gang together. Yeah. Riverdale. We go over to Stonewall. Betty shows up. Jug his like, typing away, tap, tapping. Wow, that was fast. Hit save, Jug. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm almost done with my first chapter. Blah, 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 blah. Jughead. We have some catching up to do. Sexy times. Bughead is the most adorable in this episode. This episode, they're very cute. And it's, again, it's very believable. Joke, hit save. We gotta fuck. Come on. on. We go over to the not Cooper house. And why are they using such an old-fashioned ice tray? Like, 
Okay, whatever. Because they're old people. True. I don't know. True. This is the town with Pep and old shit. And they're making old fashions. <laughs> I, I, think. I, I They're making drinks. Yeah. And FP's got his old man glasses on. And they're just whining. FP's whining. He does not like working for Hiram again. He's like, I'm not going to wear that crap uniform to tell a bunch of teenagers that they can't feed homeless kids. Thank you. Yeah. And Alice has just been like, I got your back, whatever you decide. 100%. I like that Alice has a cute little turkey pin on her sweater. <laughs> and then she tells him that she has a request. I don't want to cook. So let's have turkey dinner at Pops tomorrow. And he's like, fine by me. And then they get all really cute and horny. And so she's off screen. She's kicking her shoes off towards him. FP catches one and then throws it behind him, which has to be an improv. There is no way that was scripted because it is too cute and quick. They're adorable. It's precious. So they're going to go screw. Love it. But where's Jellybean? It's a great question. Where's Je- I mean, like, did they send her to Gladys? Because if they did, okay, cool. But you need to say that. Like, well, with Betty's off at Jughead's and Jelly Beans with Gladys, six a time. I'll give you something to be thankful for. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it when adults are really into each other. Like, anybody who's just down to bone, I love it. It's cute. In a consensual relationship. It's adorable. So we're heading over to the Pembroke, and there's this beautiful, elegant table has been set. And Hiram and Hermione and Hermosa are all standing there, all very well dressed up, and they're ready for this table. And... Veronica's like, what happened to dinner at the club? Oh, well, the club was closed because of the storm, so we decided to order in. Hermosa's excited to spend her first Thanksgiving all together with Hermanita, which is gross, <laughs> like little sister. And Veronica's like, oh, no. Only your blackened heart would take away Thanksgiving from a bunch of underprivileged kids just to get what you want. And Hiram's like, are you referring to my decision to close Archie's shelter? It's a matter of public safety, Miha. It's nothing personal. So Veronica grabs the tablecloth and pulls it all to the ground, shattering all the glass and ruining all the food. And she just goes, neither was that, Poppy. She walks out of the room. <laughs> neither was that, Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> so a couple things here. I love it. Yeah. But also no one is surprised by this behavior from Veronica. She's not winning this battle at all because she's behaving like a child. I kind of love I'm it. I'm fine though. with it because it it's hilarious and it's a little different from her. So I like it. And I also like that she said puppy. Mm-hmm. I did like that. She needs to stop it. But I liked it. Well, she's twisting the knife in of like, fine, motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. So we head on over to the Andrews house. Archie's getting ready to leave. He's like, oh, you still want to come, mom? She's like, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. And I know the difference between the letter of the law and doing what's right and feeding those kids is what's right. So like even Mary's like, screw this letter. We're doing this. Hell yeah, Mary Andrews. And she's just like, it's not like there's going to be guards outside the door. We don't have to worry about it. But I am worried about the storm. And Archie's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll put the chains on the tires, salt the sidewalk. It'll be fine. And Mary just starts to cry. Yeah. And he's just like, what? what's wrong, mom? It's your dad. I miss him. <laughs> I'm going to cry thinking about this. And ugh. This is beautiful. This is sweet because Archie's doing literally what his dad would have done. Yep. If Fred hadn't have done this, he would have told Archie to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So this sucks. And it's also just really sweet, especially since we know that Fred and Mary were apart for a while. Like they hadn't gotten divorced and they were trying to repair some things. But I think it's sweet. Like she loved him. Even if they weren't like romantically together, like she truly loved Fred. And I love that. Yeah. I love it when shows can show people who are no longer together, but they can still function as loving people towards each other. Like be a grown up. I love it. We're back at Thistlewood. 
We're in trouble, Cheryl. Pray tell. Okay, so Tony has seen Aunt Cricket. She's spying on them. And I do like Cheryl's. Did you interact with that nosy old turkey waddle? <laughs> That's a good insult. I do like Cheryl's insults are on point. Yes. I, always. So they're like, okay, we can't get rid of Uncle Bedford's body now because she's stalking us. Cheryl's like, okay, we need to scare her off once and for all. And I have a wonderful idea. We're going to have them come have a gothic blossom Thanksgiving. And I'm going to share a legend of my family. And Tony's like, I'm afraid to ask. You should be, Tony. You should be. (laughs) Apparently, there's a legend that Nana Rose shared with her on one of her more lucid days. And it's a tale so gruesome, it will turn Aunt Cricket's hair white and send her fleeing into the night never to be heard from again. This, I just don't, the tone is still off. It's still really off. Yeah. There is a line here that hints at, you know, she she mentions is like, it's going to be a grand performance art piece. Mm -hmm. And so that's hinting at, this is all going to be fake. Again, it's you, we have lost such trust for this show. You can't be subtle with Cheryl. Cheryl's character is not subtle at all. So when she hatches schemes, they can't be subtle. To the audience, they can't be subtle. There can be subtlety when they're playing it to the other person, whoever's the victim of her scheme, because she always has a victim, for sure. But her scheme can't be subtle to the audience. This show has been willing to go way further than we ever expected or wanted it to. And because of that, you need to be very explicit. Yeah. So we come on over to Stonewall. And Jughead and Betty are cuddling in bed. It's very cute. Very dorm room. Adorable. (laughs) And so, okay, time to talk about all the bullshit. And we find out through their conversation that the Baxter Brothers franchise is worth like $200 million. Good God. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, it's like, like, it's like a Harry Potter or, you know, they're Hardy Boys is the mirror to this, really. Yeah, I know. But I don't even think the Hardy Boys would be worth that much money. Not anymore, but it might have been in its heyday. Maybe. We find out that. And they talk about how could they have been blackmailing, chipping into killing himself. And so Jughead's been doing some digging. He found some yearbook photos of Mr. DuPont and Mr. Chipping, and they have the same tie pin. And it's a quill and skull tie pin, which is a stupid fucking name. Mm-hmm. Quill and bones. Quill and bones. Quill and bones would have worked fine. Because we had we had talked about in our earlier episodes there being a skull and bones type thing. Well, we knew that was coming. Yeah. So, all right. So, apparently, it is one of the oldest secret societies. Oh, no. And what if their initiation has something to do with revealing your deepest, darkest secrets? Like Scientology. Yeah, and so maybe some of their classmates are in the same society, but Jughead's checked Brett's side of the room, and so far, no sign of a telltale type in. They make a comment about it getting colder, the radiator's on, but just barely, and Jughead's like, is this the part where we freeze to death? No, it's the part where we get back in bed and order Chinese food. So cute. Very cute. Again, very believable, very natural. I love it. We cut to a very frozen pop sign, which is so fucking stupid. It was nice. And Alice and FP are sitting there and they're enjoying themselves. And then in walks Hiram and Hermione. And FP is just like, of all the burger joints, they have to walk into ours. (laughs) Which is a cheap Casablanca line, but I'll allow it. Because he looks so constipated when he says it. And also hot. Yeah, he's very attractive. Mm -hmm. Pops greets them. They acknowledge each other. And Alice is just like, 
would you like to join us? In which FP, like the way he puts his fork down, like he's trying not to throw a fit. And it's just like, fuck you, Alice. Puts a fork down, kind of stares at her for half a second. And was like, that's the right thing to do. And so they say, we'd love to. Okay, okay. We cut back to Stonewall. I love this moment with Jughead. And he's just like whining at his phone. Now that strike three, nowhere is going to be delivering because of the ice storm. I know. It's so cute. Duh. I had this happen in college. We ordered pizza when it was snowing and they're like, no. <laughs> we were sad. They took our order and then like 20 minutes later, they were like, no, we're not coming. God damn it. I know. I was really mad. They should have canceled it when we made the order. Jughead suggests, let's raid the vending machine. And Benny gets really excited about this. Yes, I can finally live out my Charlie Brown fantasy of having junk food for Thanksgiving dinner. She like slams her hand on, yes! She's so excited. <laughs> I'll have Stonewall's finest chocolate chip cookies, chips, soda, and candy, please. And get something for yourself, too. <laughs> it's it's so cute. I love it. They're like, they're doing really good with them this season. Jugga goes to the vending machine. And then in the glass, he sees that someone with a creepy bunny mask and an axe is behind him. And as soon as Jughead turns around, he's like, what do you want? Betty whacks him in the head with a golf club. And then when he falls, he's like, what? I saw him pass by the door. <laughs> and then another person with a bunny mask is like, what the hell, guys? What'd you do to him? And they take off their mask. And then it's Donna. And they take off the mask off the person they hit. And it's Brett. What are you guys doing? You're wearing bunny masks and carrying around an axe. We were just trying to scare you, Jones. Have a little fun. But he's like, all right, well, now your friend is bleeding and I'm sure the place's infirmary is locked up real tight. So yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Y'all are stupid. Ooh, this is Scooby. It's very Scooby, but I'm okay with it. We go over to the El Royale gym and everybody's saying hi to people and like, you know, getting things situated. Archie's talking to Veronica and saying, hey, I think I'm going to keep the center open overnight because no one should be out in this ice and... Veronica's like, you're too good for the world. How are you holding up? Archie says, like, I don't think it's hit me yet. I don't think. Veronica's like, I'm here for you when it does. Which, again, this is really good relationship development on the part of Archie and Veronica. Fair. Because one of our complaints with them as a relationship was that it was only physical. We never saw them have, like, the emotional, mature conversations. And now we have. Ever since that finale of season three, now we get that more. Like, they're still a physical couple, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just nice to see that part of the relationship continue to grow. Yeah. We see Darla and her thugs come in, and Archie's just like, hey, I'm Archie. I run the center. We're glad to have you. And Darla's like, you're just a kid yourself. And then Mary comes in asking for a mop and bucket, and Archie's just like, hey, just make yourself at home. Dinner will be ready in a bit, and he takes off. So, like, the Dickinson crime clan is very confused to be confronted with Archie. And Archie's just like, hi, y'all. There was a chance to make this more interesting than it got. There, there was sh- a chance to make this way more complex. There shouldn't have been a confrontation. They should have been there scoping him out and trying to be like, what's your deal? Why are you doing this? Yeah. What? They should have been interrogating him and then had a confrontation next episode. Or something. I don't know. Or it should have been a thing. Yeah, it's just something was off. Well, also for them to be conflicted, being like, wait, this is a kid. Mm-hmm. You're the one that did this? Yeah. I don't know. We go back to Stonewall and Betty is giving Brett stitches. She's like, okay, three stitches, not too bad. He's like, yeah, easy for you to say. And Betty's like, yeah, well, maybe next time don't threaten my boyfriend with an axe. And she pulls the thread really hard. <laughs> and so Brett's pissed and he drops a note. And of course... Jughead sees this, picks it up. It saddens me greatly to realize that all of these will be my last words I ever write. 
hands up, Forsyth. And like Jughead starts asking about, is that, is that a suicide note? Is Mr. Chipping's? And Brett starts saying, it was an exercise we did. We each wrote a note to see who could best capture the inner workings of Chipping's troubled mind. And Donna is standing there smirking a lot. And we're, we're going to get into this. Clearly, they're all lying about a lot. And Donna's storyline, it's plausible that she could be lying too. Maybe. We'll get there. I have, I have a theory uh-huh. that I want to believe, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Jughead's like, well, if it was an official exercise, why wasn't I included? Uh, it was outside the curriculum. Relax. Well, let's go. Yeah. So Donna and Brett leave, and Betty's like, Jug, what are they really doing here? I don't know, but I certainly don't believe any of that BS about a writing exercise. Neither do we, Jughead. No, duh. Okay, well, maybe it's incriminating evidence that they want to get rid of or fake evidence that they're trying to plant. Okay, hmm. these are good possibilities. They're like, how are we going to play this game? You said it. Your chums like drinking games. Let's give them a taste of their own medicine. And Betty pulls out a flask. <laughs> it's all right. We go back to Thistlewood. Aunt Cricket and Cousin Fester, they actually call him Cousin Fester this time, are being greeted. And they're like, okay, can I offer you some moldberry wine to start? We cut over to the El Royale gym. And Archie is messing with the fryer. We're looking at the temperature. And I just knew. I knew the second they showed this gauge what was going to happen eventually. Uh-huh. And so Eddie comes up to Archie and he's like, hey, that's Dodger's family. And Archie's like, fuck. Fair. <laughs> Shit. Okay. So Archie goes over to Darla and says, like, I'm not sure why you're here, but you and your boys need to leave. We've got kids here. We don't want any trouble. Darla says, I don't want any trouble either. And she pulls out a gun and that freaks out everybody. Cool. Raise the stakes in five cool. seconds. Cool. And Darla's just like, I think whoever it is that got Dodger has a real soft spot for this place. So we think we'll hang out here long enough. He'll show. And so we cut on over to Pops and the parents are talking and like, hey, remember we used to hang out and we all we do is complain about our parents. And now we're the horrible parents. <laughs> it's accurate. And then FP says Fred never complained about his folks. Not once. Look what amazing father he turned out to be. I think we could all take a lesson from that. Huh? FP's totally trying to needle Hiram. Oh, of course. Because, like, you don't besmirch Fred. Fred was the perfect parent in this show. It's true. For sure. Hiram's like, uh, let's go downstairs and toast Fred. Because that can't go wrong at all. What do you say, FP, huh? You're not on duty, are you? Why the hell not, Mr. Mayor? Like, FP's like, okay, jackass, let's go drink. <laughs> we go over to Stonewall, and the kids are going to play Never Have I Ever. Oh, fun. I've never kissed a girl. Betty. <laughs> never. I've never done drugs. Jones, I'm surprised. Isn't Riverdale the drug capital of the world? Jughead says nothing. It's just glaring at him. Never have I ever been in a gang. And both Jughead and Betty like put their fingers down. And I was like, Betty, but you look so sweet. Oh, I'm not as sweet as you think. And Jughead says, never have I ever been in a secret society. And they don't take the bait. And like, oh, you lost that round, Forsyth. Looks like you got to finish the whole flask. Betty takes it. Oh, time for a refill. I'll get the bottle from Jug's room. Betty goes to Donna and Joan's room. Betty Drew time. And she's sneaking around. She gets the jewelry box and she finds a pin that says RC on the back. Okay. She goes back to Jug's room. Jug meets up with her, shows him what she found. And like, okay, who's RC? What's Chipping's first name? Rupert. Okay. Those are his initials. And like, okay, well. How does Donna have this? And Betty's like, well, killers often take something from their victim as a souvenir or trophy. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the serial killer lessons we learned Thank from you, Charles. Junior FBI agent. We go back to the El Royale gym and 
Archie's sitting there and he's trying to eat with Veronica and his mom's and Monroe. Like, how long can this go on? We have to fight back. Veronica's like, no offense to your guns, Monroe, but they have real ones. And Archie's like, oh, I'll go in the office. I got a drawer full of confiscated weapons I got off the kids. <laughs> Knives and switchblades. I'm like, I-, I appreciate Veronica here. Adding more weapons to the stew. One of those kids could get hurt. She has these lovely two himbo boys mm-hmm. just being like, you dumb, dumb boys. No, just no, no. And so one of the kids goes to the table with the Dickinsons and he tries to make a grab for the gun. Archie's like, no, 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 stay back. Leave him alone. He's just a kid. And Darla's just like, you know what I think, Carrot Top? I think you've got a hero complex. No shit, lady. Oh, blocked him. Hey, our writer right there. Yep. I think so. I was like, I think you beat my boy Dodger in a coma and then you called the ambulance so no one would suspect you. I'm a mother. She knows, and you're going to pay for what you've done. Get your ass down. So she's holding a gun to Archie at this point. Makes him get down on his knees. So we have a commercial break, and we come back, and we see a quick shot of the oil gauge again. It's getting really hot. Big dumb Archie. And we come back, and it's just, say it, say it. Say it's you. You're the one who's running around. And one of the kids yells, no, it's me. I wear the mask. I'm the Dark Duke. Fucking Dark Duke. <laughs> it's Darkwing Duck. What the fuck? It's horrible. <laughs> It's bad. It's yeah. very bad. And then another kid's like, no, it's me. The mask is mine. No, it's me. And Archie's just like, stop it. I am no. Spartacus. Pretty much. <laughs> Darla's like, now this is such a touch and display. Hell, another day. I might have even cried, but not today. I already spilled all my tears over my son and boy. Your mother's going to find out exactly what that feels like. She just makes such a meal out of that line. I find it hilarious. I mean, that's what she's there to do. God bless her. So the turkey explodes. Uh Uh-huh. This distracts everybody. Archie knocks the gun out of her hand. There's some punching. Some guy tries to go for the turkey knife and Veronica grabs the fork. Is like, think again. Like, don't even try it. And she stabs his hand. Good God. (laughs) Mary's able to get the gun. She says, step away from my son. I have the right to protect myself against intruders with deadly force. Thank you, lawyer. Thank you, lawyer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Love it. And so, like, they... They get them all out. Like Monroe is telling all the kids to run into the office. So, like everyone's like doing a good job of handling this crazy. They get the three out of there. They said like, okay, lock the door behind them and let's call the police. And Veronica's like, Mrs. Andrews, I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah, mom, since when are you dirty Harry? And then we hear like another loud bang. And there's like, what was that explosion? Who in their right mind tries to deep fry a turkey inside? And Archie's just like, <laughs> uh, scratches the back of his head like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. KJ is so good at doing that. I love it. I I love how dumb Archie is. It's it's so good. It's precious. It's cool. And also, again, that's such a great Thanksgiving joke that someone ruins the turkey. I like that they they have that here. I mean, let's let's be very clear. Deep frying a turkey requires very specific instructions, and it is very dangerous. And people have burned their houses down doing it wrong. Yes, go watch all of Alton Brown's videos because he's very specific and makes it very easy. Yep. I have never done it because I do not want to burn down my house doing that. And also, that's just a fuck ton of work. I bought our Thanksgiving dinner from Whole Foods. Thank you. <laughs> just saying, if if that is something that you do or you're interested in doing, I'm totally down for it. Be safe. Like. Because like, do your homework. This is just barely the tip of how dangerous it could be. I thought the whole gym was gonna burn down. All right, so we get on the speakeasy, and basically, FP and Hiram fight. 
because FP doesn't want to be a puppet. Hiram is like, yeah, but you tried to kill me for my wife. You took a hit out on my son. Blah, blah, broken bottle, punchy, punchy. Now, the punches were actually kind of amazing. They did a really good job with their fight choreography because they sold it or they actually punched each other. I don't know which one's true, but it looked good. And finally, like, FP's like, I'm not going to do it, but you deserve it. Everyone in this room, hell, everyone in this town knows that you deserve it. And then he, like, throws the bottle on the ground. He leaves. That's kind of fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, it's great. Then we go over to Thistlewood. And we're eating homemade meat pies. <laughs> and they ask Nana to tell us a tale of the first Blossom Thanksgiving. And so apparently the early Blossom settlers got surprised by an ice storm. The wagons were snowed in and hunger set in deep, aching, gnawing, stomachs groaning so loud they drowned out the wind until they turned on one another, which sounds totally right for Blossoms. Duh. So they ate their own to survive on Blossom flesh. Do you mean cannibalism? That is where it came off as super funny because the way Madeline Petch played that was as like, oh my dear goodness, Nana? Tony was doing the same thing. Yes, they were selling it, but we needed that type of energy and in the previous scenes. We really did. We need more obvious because here it does play if you already know that it's a joke. Again, it, it's just one of those things where I go, I just don't know with these characters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether I'm supposed to like enjoy this and giggle or be really upset. And so they go back and forth and Blossom's like, we Blossoms have always been highly carnivorous. I ate my brother Julian in the womb. <laughs> which, is, which is kind of funny the way she says it because we also get a shot of the creepy doll. Yep. And then Fester like takes a bite. Oh, my tooth, what on earth? And he spits out a ring. Uncle Bedford's ring, what does that mean? It means, Aunt Cricket, that you're welcome to search the house. It means that Uncle Bedford will never be found. It means that any evidence he was ever here is in the process of being digested. In other words, I think you know what it means. And so, like, while Cheryl's saying this, Tony has gotten up and left the room. And Aunt Cricket's like, whatever, you're bluffing. You're not that deranged to do this. Cheryl's like, on the contrary, which reminds me, it's time for dessert. And this is when Tony wheels in Jason. (laughs) And we get... The most insane shriek from Cousin Fester. I love it. Which is the appropriate response to seeing someone who's been dead for three years in a wheelchair. Uh And also being told that you just tried to eat your uncle. Yeah, that's an appropriate shriek. Good job. And so just just says, go away. Don't ever talk to me again. Want me to pack up the rest of Bedford for you in Tupperware? Perfect icing. That's a great line. And they leave. And then Tony and Cheryl cheers. That's very cute. But it this, is. But here's the thing. This scene just reads as dark, and you do think that Cheryl's not okay if you don't have levity in the previous scenes. Uh-huh. You have to be searching for it, and that's where this doesn't play well. Yeah, I know. It It sucks. If it you, sucks. If you have that in the previous scene, this scene plays great. And, <sighs> and it makes the actresses look really good. But the previous scenes leading up to it make this look gross. It's bad. Bad, bad, bad. I know. And they're both better than this. So we cut back to Stonewall. Jacket and Betty have returned and they're with Donna and Brett. And they're like, oh, no dice on the booze. Not a drop to be found. But we can keep playing the game. I'll go next. I've never tried to cover up a murder. That's a lie, Jughead. <laughs> Remember when you needed to throw a party? <laughs> <laughs> and Betty, shady man. Yeah, this I know. Is, I know. This is 
lie. Oh, you guys are just so cool. You know what? You never break into sweat, never betraying an emotion. Hell, writing fake suicide notes. How cool is that? You guys aren't as devious as you think. And so, like, Betty finally pulls out the tie pin. And Donna's like, you went into my room. It was an accident. All the doors look the same. They start talking about, like, this wasn't a suicide. It could be a murder because physically no one murdered him or pushed him out the window. But psychologically, Mr. Chipping could have been pushed to the edge. Oh, my God. So Donna leaves and Betty follows her. And Donna is visibly upset. Yes. So Betty asks her, where'd you get this? We just want to know the truth. And so Donna says, Chipping gave it to me. We were having an affair. I knew it was wrong. I didn't want anybody to get in trouble. So I tried to break it off with him. Betty got aggressive. I was so scared. I told him if he didn't stop, I would go to the headmaster. And then and then the next day he jumped out the window. And so Betty's very concerned about this. And she's trying to be like, not judgmental, but she's like taken a step back by this revelation. Which she it's should there, be. Which she should be. Absolutely. That also should have been not a shock to her. Because it does come off as a little bit of a shock. We go back to the Not Cooper house and FB and Alice are cuddling on the couch. I don't see the serpent pillows. There are pillows there, but I don't see the serpent pillows. Who knows? So we'll have to see if they come back. FB's like, I cannot live my life doing Hiram's bidding. I'm not cut outfit. There's too much blood on the tracks. He's like, I'm a serpent. I'm a serpent. Every bone in my body is a serpent. And Alice is like, so what? Is there a rule that says you can't be both? And like FP just has like this light in his eyes. That's not bad. If Hiram can be mayor and a kingpin who says I can't be a sheriff and a gang leader. And he's just like, <gasps> and he grabs her face in the sexy time again. It's very hot. I mean, there are like federal Rico laws and shit that tell you you can't do that. So, you know, usually you're not supposed to be a gang leader and the sheriff of a town. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a conflict of interest. Yeah, a little bit. But it's Riverdale. So who the fuck knows? Who cares? So we go back to Thistlewood and Tony and Cheryl cuddling on the couch. And like the only thing that's good about this scene is that by morning, Sweetwater River will have frozen over and Aunt Cricket and Cousin Fester will be back in whatever ring of hell they typically inhabit, digesting those lummy lamb meat pies. Ah, relief. Sweet relief. They say, I love you. I love you too. Happy Thanksgiving. And the creepy doll is watching. Happy Thanksgiving. Gross. Bleh. All right, we go back to Stonewall and Betty and Jughead are talking in his bed. Having their vending machine dinner. Yeah. Jughead starts. He says, I'm so confused. This whole time Mr. Chipping was the bad guy. It wasn't Brett or Mr. DuPont and poor Donna. And Betty says, I'm not so sure that Donna isn't playing us, Jug. What do you mean? Are you saying she made it all up? Well, I don't want to say that because there's a possibility that they had a harrowing affair. But there's a possibility in which the story she told me was just to stall us from uncovering the real truth. I do want to commend them on walking this very nice tightrope. I still think it's a little over the line. I think it is a little over the line because we don't know what's happening next. We didn't need to have the abuse comments. It could have just been, you're having an affair. I wanted to break it off. When I told him that if it didn't end, I was going to tell the headmaster and then he killed himself, that would have been enough. True. It's all bad. But she also didn't say abusive in what she said. What I figured out, listening to it she says aggressive aggressive and just saying aggressive it's immediately coded to us as oh my god he abused her mm-hmm. but she never explicitly says that she said aggressive and that's coded to us to mean there is some abuse happening no it's already abuse because he's a teacher and oh she's yeah a it's already bad so like we're just trying to parse out the layers of bad but i think there's a way where this works out yeah i 
I just wish they would have just left it with, we were having an affair. I tried to edit it and he killed himself when I said we were done. Would have been fine. And then I, I like that Betty's next thing is, you need to talk to the headmaster to get it on his radar that something weird is happening at his school. Like, I, I like, don't even know what's true. Just weird shit is going on. Like, you need to be looking into this because true or not, something's up. Yep. Jughead's like, yeah, if the storm clears up tomorrow, let's go home for the weekend. And Betty's like, sure, but in the meantime, how will we stay warm? Jughead throws all the candy on the ground and they start making out. And then we see that there is a bright red light blinking and there's a camera recording them. On Brett's side of the room. Well, yeah, it would have to be on Brett's side of the room. Wink. They totally planted that camera for duh. Yeah. We go over to the El Royale gym and it's time to eat dinner. And Mary has this thing and she's like, you know, we were never a religious house, but there was one thing we did. My husband liked to say grace and he believed in that. And so Archie, would you do the honors? So Archie does it. And then, you know, they all say amen. And then Mary's like, and then he would say, dig it, everyone. We're grateful to be alive and to be here with you. And everyone eats. It's very sweet. It's cute. Everyone's still got Thanksgiving dinner. It's sweet. That one's a little too sad. That one's a, that one's, here's the thing. You could have had that or the dedication, not both. We go to the hospital. FP's talking to the doctor and he's like, well, what, what do you need to do? I just want to make sure they don't skip town. Families at large might come and take Dodger. Dodger's like, well, we monitor our patients very closely. And they go to the room and Dodger's gone. And he's just like, not closely enough, huh, Doc? <laughs> he's just like, God damn it. We go back to Stonewall and Jughead is like, oh, headmaster. And then the headmaster's walking by with Donna, visibly upset, following behind the headmaster. Jughead goes up to Brett's like, hey, what's what's that about? Donna came clean to the headmaster about her affair with Chipping, how he basically abused and harassed her. She was trying to protect this family, prevent any further pain. But after Betty broke into her room, Donna felt that she had no choice but to talk to the authorities about the awful things Chipping did to her. Now, I guess there's no doubt about it anymore. Chipping's death is a suicide driven by a guilty man's fear of exposure. Case closed, Detective Jones. And Jughead's just looking at him very seethingly. Like, we, this is obviously a lie. So... There's one way this works out where I think everything feels kosher. Mm -hmm. Because when we talked about this on the drive-thru, my complaint was, you can't come out of this looking good. Mm -hmm. Either Donna's lying, which now we're pitching abuse survivors as lying about things. Or she is telling the truth and Mm -hmm. this whole cover-up thing is messy as fuck. Uh Except... Donna is not the one who caused Chipping to do this. It's Brett. Brett's the one in control of all of this. And Donna is now out of this game after her big secret has been revealed. Mm -hmm. Her actual being upset makes sense. There was an affair. Mm -hmm. It got hairy one way or another, Mm -hmm. whether it was abusive or not, because that comes from Brett. So we don't know if that's part of a Uh lie. But even then, it's bad. Mm -hmm. Donna actually feels this. And Brett is the one who is staging this as part of probably to get initiated into Quill and Skull. Mm-hmm. And all of Donna's stuff is actually true. There's, I'm not saying that's what they did, but I'm no. saying that's how it comes out clean. I do believe that whatever game, they, I, they're playing some sort of game. Of course. And it has to do with Quill and Skulls. Extracurriculars. It's their extracurriculars. And it probably has to do with initiation, so they weren't lying. When they said they weren't in a secret society because they haven't been initiated. Yep. And I believe that Donna might have initiated an affair in an attempt to help further her ability to get in the secret society. Maybe. I could see that being a possibility. I don't want to like undercut 
Mr. Chipping's involvement. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Well, and again, perhaps it did go sideways. It could have gone sideways. That all makes sense to me, but I don't trust this show, so I think it's just going to turn out that Don is a big fat liar. If that's the case, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be very, very angry with them for bringing this up in the first place. Agreed. I don't know. There's another thing going on here. I don't like how they're doing this. We don't like it. It's really touch and go. It's bad. And you shouldn't have to be touch and go. No. It's just, it's, we want to be properly nuanced with our conversation with it. And Riverdale's not. And it makes it harder. Makes it harder. Okay. We go over to the blue and gold office and Betty crosses Chipping's face out. She X's through his face on her murder board. Betty's got a murder board. Of course she has a creepy murder board. She's Betty Drew. (laughs) She's learned things from the FBI. I can't be a real junior FBI agent if I don't have a murder board. Ladies and gentlemen, the FBI. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, we go over to Archie's room and he still has a guitar. Yay! And he knows how to use it. Been fucking waiting for Archie to play some guitar again. Also, where's Sweet Pea? We haven't seen him like all season. I'm sad. (laughs) Mary comes in and she's like, okay. Yesterday was without a doubt the strangest Thanksgiving I've ever had. I pointed a gun at a woman and Archie's just like, welcome to Riverdale, mom. There it is. Thank you, mystery writer. Love you, mystery writer. We need to come up with a real name for our mystery writer. No, we're just going to do mystery writer for right now until we can research it. Maybe over the break. I started looking at a little bit, try to like pay more attention to who's writing things. Because usually one person gets like a story by credit and whatnot. But I need to look at like. Who showed up at the end of last season? Uh, I'm just, uh, if anybody else automatically knows, please tell me so I can stalk them and thank them for their levity because it was needed. And so they're just talking and reminiscing about like, yeah, it's a far cry from me, you and your dad just eating turkey and watching football and they're laughing and Archie's like, yeah, he dad never made it past the third quarter. He'd fall asleep on the couch and they believe that the deep fryer exploding was their dad watching out for them. And Archie's like, yeah, that gives me an idea. And so we cut to we're at the gym and we've got this really sweet picture of Fred Andrews. And then we see a plaque and it they have dedicated the gym to Fred Andrews. Of and course. The room is filled with all of their friends. And Mary's like, oh, everything you've been building here, all of you, he'd be honored and so proud. And so yeah. We, we end the episode with a zoom in on this really good picture of Luke Perry. Yep. It's really sweet. It makes me teary eyed because it's just sweet. It's just appropriately sweet. Riverdale. It's just so sweet. It is good. They just went one too many with some of those scenes where it was like, these can be good and interesting and good for Archie's character, but don't get sappy with it on mm. me. Yeah. Like, make it matter to the characters. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I ask. You know, I come away with this one. I didn't like it before. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of okay with it now. Yeah. But I think we figured out some of the Cheryl and Tony problem, which actually makes me feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like now that we've recognized, actually, some of this is kind of fun and okay. Uh It's just that they really, really hit us hard with those characters in a bad way. And the Jughead stuff, if they don't thread this needle right, it's going to go sideways, and I'm going to be real sad. Oh, so. I completely agree. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Neither do I. It's just going to be interesting. So we need to go watch the next episode trailer. All right.
chapter 65, we get Gina fucking Torres as some sort of counselor because the title of this episode is In Treatment. There's going to be therapy. Therapy. Fucking hardcore therapy. Archie cries. This is important. Uh Uh-huh. Cheryl cries and asks what's wrong with me, to which I respond, a lot, honey, but it's not all your fault. Wow. Betty's going to spend a little time there. Everyone needs therapy. Whoa. I'm so, oh, oh, it's great. This has huge potential. Uh It really does. We have been begging for this. Oh, everyone's been begging for this. Madeline Pench made a big deal out of it at Comic-Con. Can I please have some therapy for my character? I'm not joking. Please, please. And I'm sure she knew this was coming, but still. (sighs) Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, okay, it looks like we have two more episodes. This next episode in treatment airs December 4th. So that means we'll have our coverage the following week. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody get a chill break. Yeah. You will be getting some bonus episodes for us next week because there's not a brand new Riverdale episode this week. What? what, what, what? Yes. We finally got to covering those movies by KJ Appa and Camilla Mendez. We'll be offering our views on The Last Summer and The Perfect Date. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, hashtag Go Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.